your password is actually I don't know how he says it. You should say it. Say your password in the same way that Fry would say it, or not. Fry, Zoidberg I, says it. Yes, I know. I know. I knew when it was coming out, it was wrong, but I was powerless to stop. <laughs> your it. password is bad, and you should feel bad. The problem is that kids are taught all kinds of things in school, uh, some of which are useful, some of which are sort of general education things that you should just basically know, and none of which is basic information security, um, which is terrible because, uh, like, if you made a big list of things that everybody really needs to know right now, InfoSec, like, basic, basic stuff is really high up there. Yep. Um, the worst part is these are usually coming from like your own IT department. Just this horrible, horrible password advice or these ridiculous rules for making passwords. Right. So I guess we'll start with the ridiculous rules. Um, (laughs) if you are someone who is unfortunately working in an environment where everything's managed by Active Directory, you're probably Mm. used to resetting the things so often that your passwords are often incremental versions of themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, They are the kind of password that requires multiple character classes. So in addition to having a number at the end that keeps incrementing, you also have some ridicularities in the middle somewhere. Um, And because these are so stupid, you're writing it down and putting it like underneath your keyboard. Right. This the uh, classic administrative assistant move. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've both done IT. We know this is a thing. Yep. Uh, although half the time you could just try Jesus and it'll get you right in, at least to the desktop. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess in an active directory managed situation, it would be Jesus one, Jesus two, Jesus yeah. three, you know, until you get to which, you know, how many revisions of their password they've had. So if they've been there a while, you might want to start with Jesus 20. Uh, one of my uh, one crazy trick to avoid having your having to change your password for every single thing you use because you use the same password for everything is to use password management software. Um, I use one password. I've used one password for like six or seven years now, I want to say. Um, and it's great. You literally have one password uh, that you type in to unlock one password, and all of your passwords are in there. Um, it is painful to switch to a password manager, but it's worth it, and you don't have to do it all at once, although if you do, um, good for you for having all that leisure time. Uh, but you can you can do it gradually. As you sign into things, just change the passwords for them. I even have like my campus password in one password now because I'm like over it. It's super handy on mobile. Uh, you can on iPhones you can unlock it with your thumbprint right now. It's just getting better and better, and there's less and less of an excuse not to use a password manager. Yeah, iOS eight pretty much cleared out the last remaining excuse there was for not using one password. Pretty much. Um, so like. You know, every other week there's like, oh, well, you know, LinkedIn was compromised or Zappos uh, or and I'm just listing ones that I know of. Like, or the I've PlayStation had. Network for the oh, nth yeah. time this year. <laughs> of course. 
And the cool thing, if you're using a password manager, other people use LastPass, which is free, by the way. So if cost is a concern for you, then you know there's that. Um, you only have to change that one password. And uh, one password, the app, <laughs> um, has this cool new, as of like a year or so ago, feature where it will actually highlight passwords of yours that you should change. Uh, they started that after Heartbleed, which you may remember even if you're a non-technical person because it had a name and a cute little graphic, so it made the news <laughs> um, in a way that a lot of these big uh, password comp or you know database hack things don't, um, which is also really unfortunate. People need to know how insecure they are. Answer, you are very insecure. Um, just count on the fact that at least one online account you have will be compromised, like definitely at some point in your life, probably once a year. That's actually why I don't use Instagram, because my account with my username that I use for everything was compromised, so it followed 10,000 things. And there was not a way to undo any of that, you know, oh, after God. I changed my password. So now it's just, I am a spam account, you know, like. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> and I'm not going to make Joe and Mac one because I just don't care that much about Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's <laughs> not essential. But so, I mean, like... feel free to follow me. But, I mean, there's just, a, <laughs> there's just a couple of test images there for a normalize that I occasionally put in and then either delete or don't delete. Or it's basically just testing my algorithms. Right. <laughs> and other than that, it's a flood. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, at least I have, a, you know, a nice big stream full of crap. Yeah. And I mean, that is one thing. Um, using the same username everywhere is like kind of cool, but it's also like maybe not necessarily the best practice. In fact, it's one of the things um, we're going to link to this article that came out a few years ago uh, in 2012, actually, about how this one journalist got his whole digital life destroyed um, because some randos uh, some black hat randos wanted his Twitter account. He had a three three character Twitter account name, and they decided they wanted that. So they totally ruined his life just for that. Um, and it's a really interesting article that you should read because it will terrify you, and you should be terrified. Uh, Apple will give out your, it will allow you to reset somebody's password with very little information, and it's information that you can find pretty easily. Um, I recommend reading the whole article, but. Uh, it's it's really not that hard for the bad guys to totally take over your online identity. And in his case, part of the problem was that his Apple um, me.com email address was his name. And I mean, confession, my Gmail account is my name, but I am using <laughs> two-factor on my Gmail, which is one of the things. And he mentions this a few times. Like if, you, if he had used two-factor um, on his Gmail account, then that would have stopped the hack in his tracks. They wouldn't have been able to go any further. Um, so you may be asking, what is two-factor? What, uh, what on earth am I talking about? Um, basically, uh, two-factor authentication means that you have to know two things, or will have, it's, uh, it's something you know and something you have. So um, in, in most implementations, that's a password, which you can store in one password, and, uh, and a password that changes based on time and an algorithm. So uh, 
you can use the Google Authenticator app for that, but that's also now built into 1Password, which is super handy. Um, I've switched everything over to using 1Password's one, one 2-factor. It's really hard to say 1Password 2-factor <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to their implementation because it's so convenient. Um, so basically, I have to know not only my password, but I have to be able to produce this um, randomly generated password. Some people have little keychain thingies that do that, um, little... I don't know, there, there are various things, but um, it's super easy to implement. Even Apple has a kind of crappy two-factor implementation. <laughs> uh, I really wish Amazon did, because if I named like three companies that have everything about me, they know everything about me, it's Google, Apple, and Amazon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google and Apple, I have two-factor, but Amazon, they do have two-factor for AWS for their like hosting yeah. kind of stuff, but not for con the consumer-facing um, purchasing part of the site. And I really wish they would fix that. Yeah. I mean, well, um, to their credit, if you try to add a new shipping address to Amazon, you do have to completely re-enter everything. And I don't mean like the password that you assumingly know because you got in nefariously. Right. I mean, you have to... Uh, give the credit card over again with all the details on it so That's it's true. it is a you know it is sort of a form of two-factor and that if someone gets their uh someone gets access to your password they can't charge one of your cards on file and ship a bunch of stuff to themselves they would have to ship a bunch of stuff to you and intercept it <laughs> and hope you're not reading your email <laughs> Right. And that's kind of, uh, that's, that's a couple of really big ifs. So I guess that's true. Um, I just like the very idea offends me and I wish that they had two factor, um, cause two factor is great. Um, and enable it on everything, especially Twitter, especially if you're female or if especially <laughs> you're going to get famous or if you're sometimes if you're a male feminist, um, basically, enable two-factor on Twitter right now. Go. Go do it right now. Yeah, if you're um, a person with opinions, you ought to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but so f some, a lot of sites don't support two-factor. So um, let's talk about passwords. Joe, tell the nice people about entropy. So if you're not storing your password as plain text in a database somewhere, right. uh, which hopefully you're not, it's probably stored as the next least insecure thing, which is a plain MD5 hash of it. And the problem with those is that um, hackers have put together, uh, they call them rainbow tables, and it's basically the passwords you need to feed into a system to exhaust the number of hash collisions. So when you give a password to these systems, they say, oh, I'm clever. I'm not going to store your plain text password. I'm going to run an algorithm on your password and store the result of that algorithm that only I know in the database and then run that same algorithm on what you attempt to input while logging in and see if those two things match. Um, and when you do that, you actually potentially reduce the total sample space for for passwords in your database because MD5 is what uh, 40 character result, and that's usually the one people use because it's um, it's a one line function call in PHP. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. the reason why. There's there's no fancy technical reason. It's not secure or anything. It's just because it's a one line call, and people don't want to learn crypto, and I don't blame them. 
No, I certainly don't want to learn crypto. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's not It's not very fun <laughs> at all. Um, and then there are things you can do to sort of uh, hope to expand that with uh, um, salting by pre-padding your input with predetermined randomness so that it, at least it doesn't obey one of the existing rainbow tables. But you still have your... Uh, your uh, smaller sample space due to the 40 character size of the resulted hash. Um, however, if you're using something that encrypts properly, that is, makes hmm. something that is, you know, longer than your password out of your password, then uh, and that's not a problem. So let's get into combinatorics that you could use on your actual password to prevent brute force from happening. The number of attempts it will take to guess your password brute force is the number of characters that could be in any given character raised to the power of the number of characters in your password. So if you're only using lowercase letters, that's 26 raised to the power of whatever your length is. So the weakest possible password would be 26 raised to the eighth usually is what they are like eight characters right. and um, if you do that if you do that calculation that sounds like a lot but that's it's not uh that's for you as a human yeah. our processors <laughs> are super fast now now this takes us back to the horrible advice your it managers give you and the people mm -hmm. managing the active directory at your institution because they got some stupid piece of paper degree from microsoft and mm -hmm. You know, didn't get a CS degree or anything a little more relevant. We should anyway. talk about certifications on a later episode. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me throw out your resume faster than an A-plus from Microsoft or whatever oh they're calling God. it now. Yeah, MCSE or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure like, glad mm. you know the number of pins on various types of RAM. That totally comes in handy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> there's a great XKCD comic about this um, that uh, crunches through the numbers on how um, some modern hardware, how long it'll take to get through various types of passwords and to uh, ruin the result without ruining the joke that's in it. Um, <laughs> longer passwords made out of a weaker character set are harder for a computer to guess than... Um, passwords that are made with a larger character set but fewer digits of them. So if you're, you know, if you're doing something clever like, oh, I'm going to make my password pizza and I'm going to start <laughs> it with a lowercase p followed by a one, then a capital Z, then a two, then an at. <laughs> First of all, you'll never remember it. And second of all, a computer will crunch through and get that fairly quickly. Right. But if you just make it four dictionary words that gets you out to like 32 to 48 characters, it's going like pizza to be... pizza is awesome, dude, with as many U's as possible. Right. You can just use all lowercase letters. And unless someone comes forward with an algorithm that only runs sequences of dictionary words together, um, you're probably going to be fine in terms of brute force. Right. Um, and let's face it. Um, brute force is one of probably three ways that 
someone gets a hold of your password these days. And if brute force happens, I mean, that's 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 your fault. That one's your right. fault. <laughs> um, if the other end of the system is compromised, like PlayStation Network is yes. frequently, um, <laughs> that is on them, no matter how strong your password is. Um, and then the other one is social engineering and... Oh, boy, that sucks. Social engineering is a really interesting topic. Um, because, well, I mean, if uh, if you don't have your Facebook locked down tight enough, people can get the answers to most of the alleged security questions that are asked to yeah. make password resets happen. You know, Just what, ask Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you find that link. <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, you know, your mom's maiden name yeah that's right. that, that one you can't be looked up your uh your first girlfriend's name okay so the 300 people that went to my high school can crack that one you know they're terrible they're all terrible your favorite yep. book or movie like that's in your twitter bio usually um and i mean one other one other crazy weird trick uh is that you can <laughs> actually put random strings in those fields and save those in in one password and i confess that i don't do this but i really should um i'm a very low value target so <laughs> i just i bet that's fun to uh, read back on the phone and what is your favorite book uh hold on a sec <laughs> one <laughs> q capital z B. <laughs> right. I saw. I think I saw somewhere, and this is terrible. I'll never be able to dig up the link. But somewhere on the internet, I read that some dude just puts like "fuck you" for every uh, every question like that because nobody's gonna like social. Nobody's gonna guess that based on social engineering practices. Until you know they read that one. Well, right. Uh, yeah, another thing. So don't do that. Another thing on the internet is, you know, putting half of a uh, pop culture quote of some sort in there. Like the first half of a Simpsons joke or something. Yeah, it's just, I won't remember that either. <laughs> so <laughs> I should really be putting those. In fact, I should put those in one password anyway, because sometimes even when there are actual points of data about me and it's years later and I, I try to reset and I'm like, I, I don't know anymore. What like what's my favorite color? I don't know. Let's see. When did I establish this account? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I was really into green back then. Right. But I might have been douchey and called it something like Forest Maiden. <laughs> right. I mean, I would never do that, but you, you have fun. Uh, so that's yet another reason uh, to use a password. <laughs> Forest Maiden. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, oh, right. And I forgot to mention, um, phishing. Phishing is another way that people can get your password. And that's 100% your fault. You should never, I mean, well, okay, it's almost 100% your fault. There are, I guess if you're like the victim of a man in the middle attack, so you really think that you're at your bank's website, but you're not because somebody's, um, you know, pretending to be the Starbucks Wi-Fi and capturing all your traffic. That's not entirely your fault, and you can be forgiven. However, if you get an email that directs you to a Google form that asks for your password, I don't care how much it looks like that, you know, that company's website, and usually they don't particularly, don't type your password in there. Don't ever email your password to anyone ever. IT does not need your password. IT has backdoors into every system that they manage. 
Um, they will never ever ask you for your password legitimately. Do not email your password. Once uh, somebody, I I grant access to certain things um, because I'm an administrator on certain web administrator on certain websites, and this person. I had granted him access, and he was having some trouble logging in. So he emailed me his password, like, and I was like, "Dude, yeah, my email is full of unsolicited passwords as well." All the websites are down right now. That's why you can't log in. Change your password. Actually, I started with uh, change your password immediately. The whole like lecture on yeah. why you know <laughs> that IT will never ask you for your password. That we don't need it. No, we don't need your stinking password. We can get in without that um, trivial piece of data. And it's like, oh my god, don't don't ever email your password to anyone. Don't share your password with an undergraduate to log into some system or other. That's so bad. And if I find out you've done it, I'm reporting you. Oh, that's a big problem. Um. <laughs> So the bigger that your university is, the slower account creation tends to be in granting access to various things. So oh, yes. you might have a student assistant for a very limited term, and the thing that you want them to do because it's annoying and that's why you have a student assistant right. requires your credentials. So what do you do? You sign in with your credentials and like make sure they don't go to the bathroom for more than 15 minutes so the machine doesn't lock up. Yeah. No. Oh, that's the worst. No. Oh, and get this. So, okay. So you have a work computer, right? Set a screensaver that locks after a period of time and that blocks the desktop. The default screensaver that the wonderful administrators in my building have set is that stupid one with the bubbles that are completely transparent. So you oh, walk away yeah. from your desk. And everything's any, any confidential information that you may have is completely visible. Yeah. Yay. Uh, two pro tips. Um, if your work machine is a Windows machine, Windows L will just yes. bring it right up to the locked dialog, not screensaver. It'll just be the, you know, control out right. the screen. Um, and on OS 10, I believe even if you're not an administrator, you can set a hot corner to start your screensaver and yes. also check off um, in the security settings to require a password immediately from the drop down when the screensaver started. Yep, do that. I, I personally use lower left because I'm never clicking down there usually because, you know, top left is kind of important and top right is almost important. Right. Doing that accidentally is not fun. <laughs> I know. I used to <laughs> I used to have this problem, well, I guess I probably still might, um, where my graphics tablet, it's a Wacom, so the drivers are terrible. Um, every now and then it would freak out and just <laughs> send the, the cursor to the top left corner. Yeah, to send um, it to zero, zero. Yeah, which yeah. used to be my hot corner. <laughs> so I, anytime I had the pen anywhere near the tablet, it would go, it, the mouse, the screensaver would trigger, and it was infuriating. <laughs> so yeah, one of the bottom corners would probably be a better choice, but you should definitely do that. Um, I mean, the least of your worries that you should also worry about is that IT will play pranks on you if you don't lock your screen. Um, and the most is that you'll you'll compromise, uh, you know, sensitive data. Yeah, that second one's a little more bad. Yeah, a touch. Um, and this goes, you know, equally for your personal machines as well, just because you're only using your machine in your house. I mean, I suppose if it's a desktop in your house, you can be as lax as you're willing to be and maybe 
deal with the consequences of your cat walking across your keyboard. <laughs> but if you have a laptop, I mean, come on, secure that. Yeah. Um, use a decent password. Um, you don't necessarily have to go the whole like firmware password or BIOS password uh, route because that will probably just annoy you later on, but set a password. <laughs> yeah. Oh, firmware passwords. Yeah. <laughs> what a uh, great way to brick a Mac. <laughs> I know. Um, it's fun because there's only two levels of security for a, a Mac account. No security at all, and oh great, this is useless now. Um, because you can reset the password on... on it's, this is still true, right? That you can just reset the password from the recovery partition? Correct. If you do not have a firmware password, you can right. reset any administrative accounts. Um, so typically the way um, a enterprise did did mac operates is that it will have a firmware password on it and even if you were able to get past that it uh, net boots anyway and needs to talk to ad or open directory or something so there's no local accounts to reset anyway right but that's like not my situation so, i mean fortunately i well, don't no, really usually, care. usually Macs. i've i've run into so few Macs that are actually remote managed they're they're done like that in the computer labs but all the ones on various you know the desks of employees are are not managed by it in the slightest bit so the yep. user has complete <laughs> administrative access to their own machine and i mean granted you know it's as, as secure as any unix machine is you know you're only right. you're only vulnerable to the attacks that you explicitly grant permission to for the most part unless you have flash installed right <laughs> oh yeah don't have flash installed yeah We usually just have the roughly feather noise and then the crows squawking. Yeah, that's fine. I think there's two of them. It sounds like there's two of them. I don't know. They might be <laughs> fake crows for all I know. But it That would like be it... really disappointing. If that's the case, I'm going to have to go out and record some crows. <laughs> just like harass some crows. No, no, don't harass crows. They remember and then they tell other crows about you. Did you not see that? Uh, no, but I believe it. Yeah, Crows can describe people to other crows. That's it, awesome. It yeah. So like they had, uh, they would have someone like put on like a Richard Nixon mask or something stupid like that, you know, identifiable, <laughs> and harass crows. And then like over time, as the population of crows changed, um, like after a long time, that someone would put back on that mask. And be treated cautiously slash aggressively by a completely different murder of crows. That's awesome. It's Wasn't frightening. There, didn't somebody, or maybe it was an XKCD cartoon where you like start, you, you do some weird thing that other people will do, like wear a pink polo shirt with a popped collar or something, and you like distribute birdseed so, so that future people... Wearing with that asinine fashion choice will uh, will attract crows. <laughs> That's interesting. Something like that. Modern dinosaurs are great. Yeah, especially Cause I, crows. Because I'm also not going to talk for 180 minutes about feathers. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait until the movie comes out. 
That's yeah. what we're waiting for. Of course.